going to the SoCal sing out. <laughs> <laughs> yes, professional. <laughs> <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Jazz Babies podcast. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to SoCal Summer Swing Out podcast. My name is Andre. I'm your host, and I actually have another podcast here with me. Hello, Jazz Babies, and we have two of you. Hello. Hello. Yo, what's good? What's good? So, um, for the people who don't know, why don't you two both give your introductions real quick of who you all are, and then we'll dig into jazz babies. Yeah, so I'm Lou. Uh, I use they, them pronouns. Um, and I'm a Seattle dancer, and I just started dancing within the last two years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my name's Chris. My pronouns are he, him. I'm also a Seattle dancer, born and raised, uh, and also mm. been dancing, I guess, a year and a half. Yeah. I like this, like, this jazz baby's, like, time where you can still differentiate months because months still feel like it a still big really thing. matter. Uh, <laughs> like, 10 years, you're like, I've been dancing, you know, 96 months. Yeah. <laughs> no one's saying that. I'm coming that up. That's true. Our anniversary. That's in November, so I guess I'm close enough to say about two years. Yeah. Oh, what are you gonna do for your uh, swing dance anniversary? Definitely gonna do like every circle jam that week. Kind of, yeah. Really like something. Nice. The dance anniversary. That's that is that is a win. Well, speaking of dance anniversaries, I think the perfect place to start is just where you both started dance because. Lou, I know you had mentioned the Midwest, which we'll talk about a little later on, but where did both of you independently learn how to swing dance? Um, well, I had like exposure to jazz and swing when I was a kid. Like my dad really loved jazz and mm -hmm. I was a preteen during like the jazz revival area era. So we definitely did like little East Coast swing stuff in junior high gym class mm -hmm. um, but uh I ended up uh um close friends with a salsa teacher who teaches at Salsa Contoto here in Seattle and um their name's Kate Paisley and we ended up really, really close friends and I traded with them a photo shoot for mm -hmm. dance classes and so mm. I started doing salsa, which I would have never done salsa, but I was like, yeah, this partner dance thing seems really fun to me. So um, mm -hmm. I uh, started doing the salsa classes and like fell in love. I quickly ended up in the bachata room at dance, the dance socials, because it was, I don't want to call it easier, but I also, I call bachata like a, um, a gateway drug to dancing, mm -hmm. very approachable. Mm -hmm. um, so, uh, and that was about three, four months before the pandemic started. So mm. I had like, just started this love affair. Um, and uh, actually the way the story goes is I saw Alive and Kicking about one week before the pandemic started. And I was like, mm -hmm. all right, this swing dancing thing, you know, they do it at the Century Ballroom place. I'm gonna look into it. I'm actually gonna go. And I like finally looked up exactly like the first beginner drop-in class I was going to go to. And then that week was when the pandemic started. So um, I did not, actually start dancing until November 21 like the uh Thanksgiving week is when I finally mm -hmm. left the country and that's just when I came back to partner dance and finally went to my first Lindy Hop social and have not stopped since mm, and that's where you got the bug that's definitely where I got the bug yeah 
yeah nice nice chris was your similar experience yeah same thing <laughs> <laughs> same exact story same yeah. thing ditto um i keep doing this with my hand um yeah i i learned this recently i was talking to my brother and i'm like i don't know when i started listening to jazz music mm. um and he's like dude my college girlfriend my older brother my his college girlfriend christine uh like loved ella and dinah and billy and stuff and mm -hmm. i thought everything my brother did was cool and i think that like kind of extended to his girlfriends uh -huh. um, that's when i started listening to uh like jazz music and uh like jazz standards mm -hmm. uh, but i did start i like always loved like quietly loved partner dancing like just watching mm -hmm. people dance yeah. together like it was always really magical but i never like got my mom to take me like to like pay for a dance class you know or anything um yeah. just that proactive as a kid um my first dance thing was also salsa um and bachata Ooh. i took that for like a couple months um and then um and then kind of just dropped it like i was I was one of those guys that like really loved to go to practices. And then once you got to a social, like kind of froze up and mm. was nervous. And uh, like, I picked it up really quickly, but I don't know something about it. Like I also had a lot of other hobbies at the time. So I just didn't keep with it and mm. kind of, it. but um, so I have a lot of empathy for leads, especially who like just don't come to socials. It's just like, which is a really bum real bummer. Cause now I'm like, mm -hmm. I'm out and dance and who cares? But it's like really, it's like not even not just scary, but um, like your your body freezes. Mm. You don't know why. Mm -hmm. uh, but I didn't start uh, Lindy Hop. I didn't really know anything about Lindy Hop other than like having a couple friends that went swing dancing, and I just thought it was like the whitest shit ever. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh <-huh. laughs> so like I, I didn't. I wasn't really that interested during pandemic. I was like, all right, I have a couple friends that want to do this. Let me see about taking classes. Mm -hmm. um but I yeah it still didn't quite hit because you know you just like don't pull the trigger um I actually my first social was on a date like I <laughs> ate with who I found out was like a professional like used to be like a professional swing dancer mm -hmm. uh I went to like a Lindy Hop social at uh Savoy Swing Club at Lowdown here in Seattle and then um like didn't really continue dancing because like I kept date dating that person and I kind of wanted our lives to be separate, even though I, I secretly wanted to learn how to swing dance. But I was like, oh, yeah. we should keep our lives like somewhat separate instead of like intertwining it completely. Yeah. And then I remember this one, like this one specific day where she wanted to go to this um, this live music event at Salsa Con Lodo. Um, was it, uh, sorry, what is it called? Swing SCT. Swing SCT. Yeah, sorry. so it was the um, yeah, stomp. If we do Fremont stomps, yeah. Yeah, it's live music. And she was like, do you want to go? I was like, I don't know how to do this dance. And uh, like, is it important for you to like learn, for me to learn? And she was like, yeah, I'm realizing it is. And I was like, okay, hell yeah, green light. Uh, <laughs> it was an event like that at the end of that month, which I signed up for like not knowing anything and just like mm -hmm. kind of went hard. Like it was Camp Jitterbug in May. And then from Camp Jitterbug in May, like kind of just didn't stop. Mm. I kept dancing and kept dancing. And I dated that person for a while um and like so had a lot of like inside information on the not just like like giving me tips on my dancing but also like the culture and the scene mm -hmm. mm -hmm. I feel like I have like a different point of view from a lot of jazz babies mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
that's my story. I think it's so neat how you both found swing dancing from different avenues and you both found something that you loved about it, right? So I'm curious if you could pick just one thing, one thing that you love about swing dancing that really like said, okay, this is where I want to be. This is where I want to stay. What would that one thing be when you all first started? When we first started? Like the one thing, like something that drew, drew us into it or something? Yeah, or I would say something that made you stay. So like, yeah, this is where I want to be. Oh, yeah. Uh, do you have an answer? No, sir. I'm thinking about it. Okay, I think that mine was definitely how like inviting and mm. um, like honestly like queer and like open and um, like follow and woman like centered that the the community can be and like how much it it respects things like um boundaries and consent and making sure that stuff's really like laid out on the table stuff like that made me feel very safe right off mm. the bat mm -hmm. um so i if and seattle didn't always have that like mm -hmm. environment and i think that if i had happened to show up to a swing dance before that culture had been put into place i would have like bounced out of it immediately yeah. mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so like the how safe it made you feel that was a big proponent yeah like it it being in a swing dance community gives me permission to take up space mm -hmm. and in most other communities i'm always being told to be smaller mm. Mm. deep that, that's a deep yeah. one that would definitely make me want to stay if i felt that that safe for sure what about you chris um the music mm. Mm -hmm. i guess like i i loved uh, dancing salsa and bachata and zouk and I and I do still like enjoy zouk music and live music zouk in, in general I took a couple of zouk classes and I had like several really good zouk dances which I can count on my hand um and I've always like kind of want to get my hair whipping yeah. back into it um, <laughs> the, hair whip. the hair whip and the angles and like mm -hmm. the connection the and like the maze of arms <laughs> that boom, -boom, -boom, -boom yeah, 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 yeah like I've always like I do like that um I never felt like a salsa dancer Mm. my six months of dancing salsa I just like never it never hit for me really that hard I very quickly felt like a swing dancer uh mm. hopper for some, like whatever it is and it's the music that I've always wanted to be able to dance to mm. um, yeah. especially like the earlier music I feel like if you're a jazz baby it's easier to dance to um like uh like shiny stockings or whatever something more lyrical that like you've just heard a lot growing up or I've heard a lot growing up um and so yeah when I was like finally able to dance to this music it just like it just like kind of clicked I don't know what, what else to say yeah I feel mm. like, like fun partner connection in a lot of other dances and um like a lot of gooey dancing and in, in a lot of other dances but like it's just I was like watching a bunch of different um dance styles yesterday um like even like latin hustle and west coast and you know uh cumbia and like uh kizomba and stuff and i just i just kept saying like oh i like this about that and i like this about that um but like i'm not like i just the music's not hitting me in the same way that uh mm. swing has. yeah yeah mm. 
there is there is a punchiness to swing jazz. I feel like that draws people in, and you can't help but feel a source of joy, as opposed to when I when you hear other type of music. Sometimes, for me, when I hear bachata or salsa, I think fiery passion and a little bit of sensuality. But I'm not a very I'm not very big on Latin, so I could be completely wrong. But I totally get what you mean about the music. Yeah, no, I do love the that 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 I love that. Um, but there's something about like the yeah that also also speaks to me so yeah yeah i hear you now you mentioned like um something that just clicked when did you two click when how did you two meet <laughs> that oh, would i sense a story you're funny story i don't, I don't think so. i don't, I don't think, think there so. is i think so. i remember getting really excited when we met well first of all we have someone in common that's kind of part of both of our dance stories my friend Kate Paisley, who's a salsa teacher mm -hmm. that got me into dancing, was like learning to dance for like a part of the the salsa team that you were on when you were dancing salsa yeah. back then. So we like had that connection. So I can't remember, you like showed up at a Swing SCT team one day or something like that. And then, and then I was like, oh my God, this Chris guy, he really is like, he's good at this really fast. Like, ugh. and then I think it was my birthday soon after that. And Kate came out to the lowdown with me. And then Kate was and was like, oh my God, Chris. <laughs> like, so it was kind of more like we just met because we were in class, but then we realized that we had like this really important, like, um, you know, a uh, friend, mutual friend. Mm. So that was something that kind of like joined us together. I really hope to have Kate on our podcast sometime too to talk about that. Yeah. That's pretty that's really dope. Now, how did you do how did you go from like meeting each other, becoming friends, and deciding, hey, let's start a podcast. I won't, I know what you said during your first episode when I first heard it, but I want, I want to hear it again, you know? I don't even remember what we said during yeah, the first I episode. That's the one episode I have not re-listened to. Is the one that <laughs> <Chris and> I. <laughs> I mean, Lou and I are both creatives. Um, mm. So, like, we, like, I don't know, find some way to create or, like, make some type of art. Um, I'm sure we love the sound of our own voice. Um, yeah, and, I um, like, oh like you know what I mean um and like yeah have a lot of like thoughts um and want to get out there and like are people thinking the same thing that I'm thinking and mm. like, ask them my questions and get some answers <laughs> and um I really felt like I was a little mermaid <laughs> yeah I caught that that was good I <laughs> <laughs> you gave me like eyes. Like, like, uh, like, I don't know what you're referencing. Yeah, that I, was there. I was there. I was like, there we yeah. go. <laughs> Under the water, over their head. Um, <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know. I think Lou and I one time talked about, okay, I don't know how it came up, but Lou and I, I think in both of our dancing experience early on, like kind of, okay, not to like brag, but let's brag for half a second. Pick this up really quickly. In my, I know that I picked this up really quickly, maybe because I did salsa for a little bit and I played drums growing up. Um, so the, and I was like coordinated with my body and have some rhythm, so I picked it up quickly. And uh, I don't know who mentioned it first, but I was, I think like one of us were like, do you get like compliments on your dancing, um, especially when you tell someone how long you've been dancing? Because mm -hmm. uh, when you start dancing with someone as a baby, you like just talk. <laughs> you're like, I don't know. 
how to be comfortable in the, in this close of a space. Yeah, that's like a little bit. That's a question that I would kind of start accidentally asking people like, oh, how long have you been dancing? Just as like a small talk first question that I'd have. And then yeah. they return the question to me like, oh, how long have you been dancing? And I'd be like, six months. And they'd be like, what? <laughs> well, like what yeah it was just kind of yeah this wild reaction that we were both getting and it's because we were both going like so hard like mm. we're just so every day of the week we're just getting absorbed in and that I really give Seattle a lot of credit for and like the program that uh, Stefan and Elaine have built at like Swing SCT like kind of really lets you like if you want to dive in you really get to do it there so yeah we had that experience of growing for fast. sure but so we both like we're laughing at the fact that we both like that compliment like quietly like mm -hmm. we're just like oh my god it feels so good when I get it and sometimes like I hope people will ask me <laughs> they'll give me a reaction and this is like just like all ego and like you know but we're making friends with our egos and um so I like shared that with Lou and then we both like commiserated or in the positive connotation commiserated over that and then we're like oh, one day it will leave one day I will say five years and they'll be like yeah sounds about yeah. right <laughs> yeah <laughs> I, I I hope to I hope that day will never come but like you know sometimes you just yeah sometimes it's nice to be like new and 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 good at something anyway so we laughed about that and then I think that kind of like spurred like I want to talk about other stuff yeah. and record it and put mm. it out there. Um, and sometimes, I mean, having a podcast, you just feel so like you feel seen, which is great. But also sometimes I don't know if you experience this too seen and too exposed. And mm. so sometimes I like just want to shut the fuck up and like, what am I saying? And I don't know what I'm saying. But like, unlike you are, oh, sorry. Unlike you, our podcast is called Jazz Baby. So we get the qualifier of like, I'm just a jazz baby. Yeah, I we don't, don't know, know anything. I don't know anything. <laughs> but let me say this like really wrong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? We'll just edit it out of the podcast later. <laughs> yeah. I to say you're, you're, you're like jazz baby. Like it's like a, such a cop, it's such a nice little cop out. Yeah. Um, uh, this, 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 this connects, I promise. But something that I do, I don't know if it's right or not, but when I go to a new scene, I, because I, 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 I now believe that I'm a competent dancer. I use that word very lightly, like competent, because there's so much things I can work on. But when I go to a new scene and I'm dancing with someone, they're like, oh, how long have you been dancing? I'm like, oh, this is my first time. Or, oh, I've only been dancing for like one month, you know? And then it's always interesting seeing their reaction because after like a couple eights, they're like, you're a fucking liar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like, if you think about it, you set the bar really low. So like, oh, okay, I'm dancing beginner. But then at, as you guys were saying, once they dance, we're like, oh, this is a nice, pleasant surprise. And it makes like, it starts the relationship on a lie, but it gives them a good experience, right? So yeah. I was thinking about that as you were talking about, like asking someone how long you've been, you've been dancing. Um, but Okay, that so was, why yeah. when, when people start not being surprised by how long we've been dancing, be like, all right, now's when we start lying and saying we've only been dancing for a few months. Yeah, I mean, don't take don't take that advice from me, but it's a pretty funny reaction afterwards, I will say. My first Camp Hollywood, um, I was I had been dancing like, I don't know, six months or something like that. Um and I and I asked a fo a follow to dance and um they had asked me that question and I told them before the song started and oh, um yeah and then the, and then the song was like a little faster 
And they're like, oh, so I told them like six months and they're like, oh, you know what? Let me catch you for a, a different song. Oh. And I walked away. And I was oh. like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and a part of me was like, no, I could fucking, you don't know, I can throw. Mm -hmm. I can throw. But um, but anyways, that's just like a little bit of like she may have also just not wanted to dance a fast song. Blah, exactly. Blah, 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 and might have danced but... a song with someone else before me that was like shitty and was it with the baby dancer that might be hurt her shoulder and she has a bad experience with that. So like walk away and protect yourself and also fucking what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> no, I I think that's important though, because I feel like some people they do. They do shy away from dancing with beginners, which is understandable and valid because especially if you're a professional and you don't want to rip your shoulder out, you it's know? Just it's a mm, different story. Mm. I will be on a dance floor and will sometimes get asked to dance by someone that, who is male presenting and is uh, asking to dance. And I'll be like, oh, well, I'm really only looking to lead right now. Mm. And then if they're like... It, some of them are like, oh, I, ooh, I couldn't let a girl lead. And then they leave me alone. Um, but some are like, yeah. And then I think that it's a really great experience for that mm. dancer to then be like, you know, following for somebody and getting that experience. It. I, that's actually a perfect segue into my next question is because I feel like um, in other dance forms, it's relatively, well, I can't even say if that's true or not. I feel like with the Lindy Hop scene, we try we are making really big strides in not gendering roles. Like leads and follows are no longer male and female. Like we say, if you're a lead, you're or you're follow, and it does not have to be gendered. It can be either. I was curious on both what your both your experience was considering how you've done Latin dancing and like whether it was really different from that or with Latin series doing that as well. Oh man, Latin socials feel so different. But I think that was maybe one of the reasons because I've spent some time in Latin socials before I came to to swing socials but like Latin socials still feel like all the guys out there trying to get a date mm -hmm. and as the night goes on they get more and more handsy and pushy and it just it feels very uncomfortable to be a feminine presenting person in one of those places and uh if there's ever a thing where um like two men are somehow in a classroom like a drop-in they suddenly get set up to dance with each other like there's a man that's in the class and he has decided to follow there it's so much more prevalent that men will be like I refuse to dance with this man and stuff like that <laughs> it's like really it gets sketchy like that pretty fast mm -hmm. um um but then I came into like the swing dance world and it's especially seeing it being so switchy people of mm. all genders dancing all roles with each other and then in the classrooms it's never like uh, role is never associated to gender and even yeah. if it ever is it's to mention that it's been in the past and that we're working on breaking it down and mm -hmm. I'm gender queer non-binary it's just like so important to me to have that in a you know a community that I'm existing in Oh, 100, 150 percent. Yeah. And was that the same? Is Zook the same? Or do people in Zook, like, are they more okay with switching? There was much of a connection with the Zook. I would, from my, I, the Zook people seemed a little bit more queer than mm. I, 
Yeah, but I don't, you danced some Zook, so yeah. I couldn't really speak on a Zook I community. Like, again, Zook baby here. Um, <laughs> Jazz baby, Zook baby, salsa baby, um, it all. Um, yeah, you see more, you know, like undercuts or asymmetrical haircuts with Zook. Um, and in my, from how they present more like femmes dancing with femmes and mm -hmm. dancing with dudes. Uh, and um, yeah, that was my impression with Zook. I, I also had a similar experience in salsa and bachata, maybe a little bit more like quote unquote boy girl dancing. And um, when I was taking classes, there wasn't a um, everybody lead, everybody follow um, mm -hmm. mentality or even encouragement. And that was in 2016. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. The studio that I predominantly um, go to now, um, Swing SCT um, and Salsa Contoto, which is the the, big, the overarching um, dance company, um, they do promote ELEF, mm -hmm. and um, and they and um, I'm doing like some teacher training right now, and they they are trying to like really um, harp on it that even in beginner foundational classes, um, everyone gets a chance to do both roles. Mm, yeah, the ELEF has been predominant, it's been like a big rise, which is awesome because I know a lot of people who find one role more, they identify more with one role than the other. And I've known some other people who are equal, like both. And giving them that space, knowing that they don't have to own a role, I think takes it further away from the gendered that swing dancing was in the past, where people are like, oh, I don't want to dance with a man because I'm a man. And oh my God, God forbid two men hold hands, right? So I'm glad that you both saw that positivity. Now, Chris, you brought up teaching. So this kind of goes into my next question because you both started dancing for like under two years. And this is a question I like to ask people who are like really getting into the scene. So my question is, what are both of yours, your dance goals? And what are both of your dance values? <laughs> so, um, yeah, my dance values are definitely to be um, like uh, a really cozy, comfy, clear lead. Like I just want to be a really safe space for whoever I'm dancing with. Um, and it's just really important for me to like create space for other mm. people that feels just safe and like they are allowed to take up space. Mm. Um, and uh, I really value dance's ability. Like I kind of joke, and I'm gonna say this is a dance value instead of a dance goal because it is a goal is quite lofty but uh, that dance can like break down the patriarchy. So mm -hmm. um, it's been kind of like this main artistic representation of the fact that men have control over women's bodies, but mm -hmm. it can turn that on its head just by like switching that up whatever way we want. And so I really mm -hmm. like to embody that as much as I can. I think that's definitely a value of mine. Dance goals. I really want to learn about Tranky Do. I don't know what Tranky Do. Uh, main goal of mine this year, and we're down to it's, it's almost October, and I haven't learned. I know that it starts with some like off logs. I uh -huh. kind of on that. Um, another dance goal. I really want to teach. I super want to be a teacher. I want. I um. I want to um. 
be visible in a way that can let other people take up space in the way that I've mm. taken it up and, and let people uh, stand on my shoulders to take up even more space. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, nice answer. Amazing. Yeah. All right, Chris. Um, yeah, my goals are always changing. Um, mm-hmm. I think right now what I could, I literally outside on my deck, I have a, a tap board that I'm, that I, that I've made. Uh, I just picked up a piece of oak from Lowe's and strapped it to my Nissan Leaf. And uh, <laughs> I like really felt like a man today. Uh, you know, it was really great. Um, skill saw. Fuck. Skill saw. <laughs> Anyways, I have like sawdust in my under my nails, and I need to get them out. Um, so I have a tap board outside. I bought some uh, J Sam's, and I'm gonna and I'm taking a a group class with uh, Javon Miller, uh, who is this mm-hmm. tap dancer out here in um, in the Northwest. Um, so I'm getting into tap. Um, I think I've been talking about like exploring other dance forms and seeing how that influences my Lindy. I want to start taking um, house classes as well. Um, and uh, yeah, that's uh, I guess one of my main goals. My other goal, and maybe I guess this kind of like leans into values. Um, I heard someone say on the pod, I don't know who, I don't remember, on your podcast, SoCal Summer Swing Out podcast, uh, available mm-hmm. on Spotify and <laughs> nice plug. Nice. <laughs> I'm plugging it while we're listening to the podcast. <laughs> podcast. Incredible. Um, uh, yeah, someone's like, if you uh, if you want um, more followers in your scene, you have to be a part of developing more followers on your in your scene. Um, something like that. Um, and Seattle has a lot of is like a lead heavy scene. Um, so dancing with a lot of. Uh, beginners people who are just showing up to to the dance um for the first time and um and uh yeah make sure making sure you're dancing with like a couple new people every night um or as many as you can um i'm working yeah and even like offering my time there's a great practice space on tuesdays at um if you're in seattle um and i'm like offering my time to some like beginner uh um follows um and asking them if they want to work for like 15 20 minutes because i'm like there anyways Mm -hmm with my dance partner and so I've been telling my dance partner hey I'm just, is, it, is it cool with you if I just like you know cut out like 15-20 minutes here and there to like work with other follows um and like help them work on their stuff and it also helps me and my understanding of the follow role and I've been working on my following as well so yeah mm-hmm. I think dance goals and dance values is like if you want to see something then be a part of making it happen Mm -hmm. Uh, like for real like I really do believe that if I want to see more follows if I'm hoping for more follows in Seattle um then one I can follow and that's great and I find it so Mm -hmm. fun it's a blast it's yeah there's like it's like people say it's the better or funner (laughs) position and it is more fun I I agree with that too yeah I don't know it has like a lot I love it as well equally um but then yeah dancing with with more people and like offering your time like where you can um to be the change you want to see in the world Mm. (laughs) be the change you want to see in the world and just say no and just say no to drugs (laughs) (laughs) just say no to drugs yeah that that's that's i think something that you pointed out something you mentioned about 
the communication with a dance partner. There was a podcast that you did on the Jazz Babies podcast. And you yep. were talking about Apple Podcasts <laughs> on all your streaming platforms. Yep. Yeah, links are, I am going to put your links down in the description for sure. Because in one of the podcasts, you were talking about your communication with one of your dance partners and how you were viewing practicing one way and they were viewing practicing another and how you both were able to resolve that. That was really cool for me because that showed that you all have interpersonal communication skills and emotional intelligence, which I think that's that's one of the coolest things to me and other people. And I was curious, how did how did you this may not be like a dance question, but how did you you and your partner or you both get to a point where you became that emotionally intelligent? How did that happen? How did that happen? Gosh, I don't know. Just being like a beautiful, empathic human being, I guess. <laughs> uh, Halo, angel wings. Um, I that, that was interesting. I I I used to be in a band and also in like a performing um, like Korean traditional dance troupe uh, mm -hmm. and travel like internationally. And so we would like, and so I just had this like, um, like culture of practice and even when you go to a place like when you're traveling and you're on tour like we're practicing the night before the performance like the morning of mm -hmm. like minutes beforehand so we're just like drilling and drilling um so when I went to that place um with my partner uh Joanna Macrina Fitzgerald uh we went to Lindy Bout and they just like had a different um understanding of of what was gonna happen like when I get to Lindy Bout I mean, for me, I was like, oh, well, you know, we're going to drill our shit when we're there. And um, like, we're going to practice before. We might skip a couple classes uh, so mm -hmm. that we can practice more. And they were like, I want to go like hang out near the water <laughs> and take <laughs> water and explore. <laughs> and I'm like, it's just like rainbows and butterflies. And practice, right? And it's just like different vibes or expectations. And luckily, like, we've just, like, been able to foster, like, a really good, like, communication dynamic. Um, mm. Like, or I'm, I'm just personally like, happy saying what I'm thinking. Um, mm. um, and instead of, like, holding it in and resenting someone for it, um, mm. I find that if I'm able to communicate it as, like, straightforward and, like, directly and lovingly as possible mm. um, with all mm -hmm. the arts in the world, um, like we can find some place in the middle and like, oh, that's what you were thinking. Oh, that's what I was thinking. And I think that starts from like when you're practicing together in the beginning, you're just like asking each other. I'm always asking like, hey, is this okay? Are you okay? Um, mm -hmm. I'm like, I'll give them feedback or they'll give me feedback and we'll just be like, well, are we in a place right now that we are able to hear that from, from each other? Sometimes mm -hmm. we just, I just need a snack and I'm just a little hangry and I can't hear feedback. <laughs> he's been able to to tell and like when I look at her sometimes I can see that she's like overwhelmed or like flooded and like we just like take a break take a break do something that like is fun um okay. grab some coffee um uh like just do like a social dance together um but yeah just uh, meeting people where they try to do your best to meet people where they are which I've, I've heard a lot of people like say all the time mm -hmm. and hopefully like it's with like someone like that you get along with outside of just dancing that you don't only have dance chemistry with but you have like interpersonal just chemistry with um I mm. partnership in my in my jazz baby opinion 
Oh no. no. Sorry, y'all broke up for a second. You that can you hear me? Yeah. Did you lose some of that? I think uh I think my internet went no no no. I got the whole bit. It was just okay. the tail end. But I think you were just wrapping up. Okay. So we're good. I'm uh, gonna cut that piece. <clears throat> Lou, uh how is how did you get to where you are in terms of um your emotional intelligence? Because I could tell during our podcast as I was listening to you, as you were asking me questions, that you are someone who's put in work yeah therapy dude yeah it's uh I've definitely been through well I guess you know putting in the work I'll just be transparent about it as a, I'm an adult survivor of childhood abuse and mm. uh, and neglect and I've gone through um dbt uh um therapy to help like just really um transform all that trauma and it made me kind of like a um uh emotional regulation ninja and mm. like it's just made me someone that's really understand the way like people tick and how to be like effective on it and to really be um like empathetic and mm -hmm. and where I can yeah I think that is, I don't know how else to say, but they're very brave and valiant of you to have taken the steps that you have, having gone through the circumstances that you have. And I wanted to acknowledge that. Yeah. I also wanted to ask, like, for both of you, how has putting in the work affected your dancing? Like, if you put in all the work into yourself, like, emotionally and mentally, has it impacted your dancing and how so? Yeah. Well, I really think that there's this super amazing thing that happens in dancing where it's like a metaphor for what, who you are in the rest of your life, because mm -hmm. it's just like this communication that you're doing with other people. And like, that's mm. kind of like what life is. So, um, I've come into a lot of really interesting moments in, in my dancing where I've been like, oh, it's interesting that this dynamic is happening. And then I've been like, oh wow I do that in all my relationships I need to think mm -hmm. about that a little bit more and stuff like that mm -hmm. so I mean my dancing has informed my personal growth like a ton mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. well just like existing within the incredibly complex dynamics of an artistic community will teach you a lot about yourself and you have to bring you have to do your best to bring your best self to the table in a community like a dance community yeah. mm. I'm clapping. I'm clapping for that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, all of that. Ditto. Um, I, yeah, I, I wanna like. I was like, ooh, can I do? Can we do a class on like dance empathy? It'd be yeah, kind of, mm. like, a deal. cool topic. Yeah, um, to do like a, a workshop on. Um, yeah. What was the question again? Uh, the question was how your the work that you put into your emotional well being and emotional health how that's impacted your dancing um yeah I think it like naturally will make you a better uh dance partner as far as like working on things together like with your um towards your goals um just like improving your communication there's this YouTube series um with a lot of like pro dancers on it being interviewed uh they're really short they're like a few minutes um it's in the, and I think the prompt is how to improve as a dancer 
Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it's like Mimi Gunnarsson or who who says it, maybe like Ramona or someone says, uh, or maybe Elise. Someone says, uh, let me just name more follows. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, she says, uh, to be a better dancer, you want to work at becoming a nicer, better person. Uh, and that, I think she got that advice from, I think, someone else. And like seeing how that plays in is really interesting. I'm just like trying to be, yeah, a better, <laughs> nicer person. Because you're in a scene which um, that has a lot of like kindly, like a lot of weirdos, like in every yeah. dance scene. Um, I was also like, I am in that, like I did improv. <laughs> um, mm. And let me tell you, like the, the, the spectrum of like weirdos to like what's perceived as normal in improv is also like very... <laughs> skewed yeah. um, the nerdiest of nerds and you run into like lindy hoppers and you're like sometimes you're just like oh shit like you dance so cool and i meet you in person and you're the biggest yeah, nerd the biggest you're nerd, fucking, <laughs> nerd dude. Yeah. fucking nerds and I'm like, <laughs> it's, yeah it's why we feel right at home I mean, I know. <laughs> um so yeah just like embracing that like nerd dumb you know and like loving mm. all sides of yourself and that means like loving yeah the 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 sides of yourself that you might not like that you see in other people this is a big thing for me like seeing my shadow in others yeah. like the parts of myself I don't like in other people like when mm-hmm. I see that, like my initial reaction is like run away ignore um block them out like um and like being in these different types of communities like I'm just trying to work at chipping away at those parts mm-hmm. and like kind of mm-hmm. just like, sitting there and like dwelling there and being like okay okay if there's like parts of you that like I I cringe at because I'm cringing at the parts of me like there's also parts of you that I'm like kind of be into you know yeah I'm yeah. like into myself <laughs> yeah <laughs> but it's like the lie like the thing that like is like loving in me is also gonna be ah, whatever dude like, <laughs> go go watch like a Ram Dass YouTube video and you'll get it like do some mushrooms and watch Alan Watts you know yeah yeah, yeah five five milligrams in the dark <laughs> <laughs> I got you I mean I think that what you said uh is so powerful like in order to become a better dancer you need to become a better and nicer person which brings me to my question with jazz babies because the jazz babies you all are interviewing people in your community and people who are nice people you know so I guess my question is who are the nice people who you've encountered in your dance journey that had a big impact on uh, your dancing and like maybe any events that they're organizing (laughs) (laughs) transition wow. very nice I feel like that just we should also show this really nice sign that we should make sure that- <laughs> <laughs> talk about stormy weather <laughs> I wanted to like remind myself to talk about stormy weather well there's Stefan and Elaine who are basically like first our last dance names. parents Stefan her- when um Lainey Bukinani. Bukinani. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. They're the people that uh, run the the swing dance studio that we keep mentioning, Swing SCT, and um, mm-hmm. uh, them along with Ben White are uh, uh, and Jonathan Doyle oh, yeah. are planning a um, 
a winter Lindy Hop event for Seattle, like a New Year's Eve mm-hmm. Hop event. So it's going to be like the West Coast answer to Lindy Focus, and mm-hmm. um, and or the even Western Coaster answer to Snowball. <laughs> the one in the in the in the Midwest somewhere. Jazz Snowball. baby. See, yes, Jazz yeah, I don't Aiden. know. Jazz baby. I wasn't yo. even sure I was gonna get Lindy Focus right. I was like, Lindy is one of the Lindy brothers. Western event. Well, now there's a West Coast yeah. one. Snowball's um, a Midwestern event. That's so funny. <laughs> it's a. Uh, it's in um, uh, Stockholm. Oh, okay. No. <laughs> um, and, uh, it's going to just be a really a huge, cool hotel event, which is something that Seattle mm. hasn't done at least in a while because Camp Jitterbug is more of a city event where you really get a taste of all the different venues that we have around town. Um, but mm. we're going to be in a hotel right off of SeaTac, uh, which is a really easy airport to fly into. You can literally walk from the airport to the hotel. Um, I did the walk it's less than 10 minutes. Yeah, yeah. Like, baggage claim to hotel lobby is less than 10 minutes. I did a video, it's crazy. It's just, I don't know, it, especially after going to Camp Hollywood, it was just like a little ridiculous to get from, I had a really wild travel day when that happened. So I'm very excited to just like take the light rail from my apartment to this hotel event. Yeah. <laughs> and Seattle's really gonna show out for it. Like we're so excited. So if there's anywhere out there that likes to dance with Seattle people, you gotta come to this and just any west coast people if you don't want to make the trek out to the east coast for focus mm-hmm. it's in seattle it's gonna be really dope yeah i uh i'm looking it up right now and y'all have y'all have quite quite the roster and quite a lot of, of fun things that looks like it happening <laughs> um and you both are going, I'm assuming you're not going to Lindy Focus or, or anything? Yeah, no, we're going to be going. We're volunteering. I think we are going to um, mute. Uh, Chris was like, I think I'm going to help out the social media. I was like, I'm helping out the social media. So I guess you're looking at the Storming Weather social media team here. Hey, yo. Some weird, dumb jazz baby stuff. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you guys got some content. So just to give you all some information for those listening. <clears throat> it's December 29th to the 1st in Seattle. It's during New Year's Eve. They have Jonathan Doyle, Josh Roberts, um, and they have, oh man, so many contests. Open Lindy Strictly, Solo, Lindy Switch Strictly, Newcomer, and Open Lindy Social. Damn. There's going to be a lot of like live music late nights. Um, I think there's also going to be a Sydney, Sydney Bechet night too. Like Jonathan Doyle is really excited about it. Um, mm-hmm. what I hear it's like it's real Lainey talks about how it's like really Jonathan Doyle's like a uh, dream baby mm-hmm. idea coming out you know yeah so it's really going to be driven mm-hmm. and it's like Jonathan Doyle's like I want to do all this music for a dance event and like all of our dance organizers were like you got it Jonathan <laughs> yeah I think I saw a thread with people talking about hey where should I go and uh, Stefan jumped in and said, we gave Jonathan Doyle a huge budget. And so I was like, ooh, that's, that's yeah. interesting. And so I know that, oh, go ahead. I liked that thread that Nee put up. Like, oh, I didn't see that. Comments, like every, uh, was Nee was like, well, hey, where I'm trying to decide where to go this uh, New Year's Eve. And everyone's like, focus, focus, snowball, snowball. And then they're like, stormy weather, stormy weather, stormy weather. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's fun. There's like, starting to, 
fight over yeah. the answers. Yeah. Yeah, it was, uh, but I think it's cool because there, to be honest, like this is an expensive hobby that we have. And to travel to like another state or another country, it's a lot. And so having more events that are regional, when I mean regional, you mean like East Coast, West Coast, Midwest, that kind of stuff. It does make it more accessible for people who may not be engineers, like yeah. 90% of the swing dance community. You know, and so I think, who was it? I think one of the people on that thread was like, I think it's so cool that we have that many opportunities to do that. And it, it brought it back from like a go here, go here, go here to, hey, we're all a community. And yeah everyone's gonna go best for them and it's supporting all of these really cool events yeah yeah what's that like what's that mentality like it's not starvation mentality it's like a high tide all boats rise is high tide yeah but it's like a mentality that like oh there's like i only have so much when really there's if we have an oh. abundance mentality abundance. like with more events we can grow more dancers mm -hmm. and like how much like how big can this thing get again mm. i don't know yeah Jazz Babies, I don't know what it was like before. Jazz Babies, <laughs> Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Yeah, yeah merch. Intify. <laughs> Check out our merch. Oh, yeah, y'all have merch. We're trying, Ooh. we're trying. Not yet. There was some, like, legal difficulties. We're working on we it. We want to, we're going to do some merch and stuff. Like, we do technically have a t-shirt and a button for sale right now. But yeah, but, like. We're trying, we want to do merch for Christmas. As a graphic designer, uh, I have a big, like, it's big, merch has a big place in my heart. I really want us to have some cool t-shirts. Yeah. So also, we'll there. my friend is making a um, Jonathan Doyle t-shirt. Mm. Oh, this is kind of like low-key secret. Like, <laughs> it's called oh. a three Doyle, the three Doyle. And it's like John, different pictures oh. of Jonathan Doyle. It's just like, like triple Elvis. We're just a big fan of Jonathan Doyle. Yeah, yeah. who he's doesn't like love a, Jonathan Doyle? He's in Northwest now. He lives in the, he lives in Fort Townsend now. Yeah. So that's really cute. And we might get him on the podcast. Like we're talking to him. So I'm really excited. Ooh. We want to get more musicians on the podcast. Uh, dude, having a musician on a podcast, it's a whole other thing. I had Demetrio on. He, he's an amazing dancer, but he's mainly a musician. He, hearing his perspective from a musician as well as Jonathan Scott's perspective, you did it was so eye-opening. Wow. I have to go listen to this before we interview Jonathan Oil. It's, it's, it's a... Yeah, it's a... Yeah, so sometimes long. you do two hour a podcast. No, like, was just, that was just one episode. I mean, he talked Jonathan talk, no, Scott a, talks so much. A few two hour episodes. He talks so much. It's so wild. I don't get it. <laughs> I mean, for this for this podcast, so Jonathan is a friend and we I knew he was gonna talk a lot. I think the original one was about uh maybe three hours, maybe three and a half, but he like cut out some chunks and it ended up being like only two hours but that all of that shit is so good coming from like a dancer who became a musician oh yeah it's like gold i was at camp hollywood and i noticed that he talked a lot between songs yeah too. he's the one that does <laughs> that's normal yeah i'm like what's going on yeah like, i have <laughs> I can only like be enclosed with my follow for so long yeah. thinking that the next song is going to start and then I have to like release <laughs> and be like so like nice that you look great <laughs> <laughs> how do you do your hair with the curls like how long that's how long that take <laughs> I'm like I'm like picturing right now like holding your follow and then listening eagerly and then slowly inching away and then kind of like 
hopefully one of these. <laughs> I mean, yeah. My hand's like wet from like their sweat. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Yeah, I feel you. Um, well, we're getting close to the end of the episode, so I think we're going to start wrapping up. But before we start wrapping up, is there anything else that you want to expand on from what we've talked about or anything that we didn't touch on that you wanted that either of you wanted to touch on? Yeah, there's some stuff that I kind of want to expand on about Chris, actually. I don't know oh. if this is like editing back in or anything like that. But one of the reasons I really wanted to start the podcast, because we talked about it for like six months before mm. we actually started it. I really want to start it because Chris is so funny. Um, <laughs> we get into a lot of really good conversations and stuff like that. But Chris has like just really good comedic timing and can, mm. um, even when there's like kind of a dry conversation going on or something, he can bring in a clip that can make it be really funny. And that's, you know, one of the main reasons why, um, he really like wanted to, to collaborate with him on this and I can only do that because Lou is so grounding <laughs> and mm-hmm. about, like, that I just don't know anything about and like it's it's really it's like a really great like back and forth it's good, good. yeah y'all's dynamic is really really warm and welcoming like the duo it's nice like when we did the podcast it was so nice good. I really enjoyed it Glad that we we can be that welcoming. I should have done this in my bathrobe. <laughs> I think we have- oh, that would have been epic. <laughs> I was like, let me put on a, like a swing t-shirt or something. Yeah, <laughs> swing dance themed shirts on. Yeah. Oh damn. Oh nice. Dope. Dope. All right. Well, uh, we're gonna go into the uh, the ending questions. So I have three questions I ask all of my podcast people. So the the first question is, um, where can people find information about Jazz Babies and both of you? I feel like I've said it like 19 (laughs) times. (laughs) On your Jazz Babies podcast on your favorite podcasting apps. We're also Jazz Babies podcast on Instagram. And then I'm on Instagram, uh, the four underscores Lou. Yeah, my... um... Yeah, I'm on Facebook and Instagram. My Instagram handle is four underscore dancing underscore only. Um, mm. And then, then my normal Instagram is hummus control, which doesn't mean anything. Don't ask. It's <laughs> just fun words that sound nice together. Hummus control. Um, and yeah, we have a Jazz Babies podcast Instagram as well. Yeah. And you can follow for more content like this. Like, comment, and smash that subscribe <laughs> button. Um, we have... Uh, episodes coming out i don't know if any Haley holt who yeah. was uh, who who was at camp uh, hollywood who was the first person mm-hmm. to like both lead and follow in a sh- in a shag comp mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. Her coming out, i think next week i also have a harangue episode coming out that's like in like more of a this american life format which nice. we've done before mm-hmm. um yeah and lou's always like going back and forth from new orleans to seattle so we get a lot of great like new orleans jazz dancers perspectives as well so yeah check it Dope. out all of those, all that information will be down in the description as well. Um, and then the other question I wanted to ask is, when, what events are you going to between now and January 1st? Oh, Track Town. Track Town's uh, not this weekend, but next weekend, which I think, again, Jazz Baby, I don't know. I haven't been to that many events, but I think Track Town might be my favorite. It's so oh. good. It's uh, Shane and Mika and Nick run that out there. And um, it's Eugene, it's in Eugene, Oregon, which is just the cutest little town. And this time of year in the Northwest is so great. 
and the music's really good and the vibe is super good and they are bringing in um aj and um natasha, natasha barnes i'm so excited it's gonna be such a good yeah. and then it's just like seattle community comes out in droves and we get group airbnbs and the parties are real good and I'm so excited for Trackdown. Yeah, that whole crew over there is amazing and they make it, and there's something to say about like regional events that are smaller and you really feel the town. Yeah. Um, like I, I'll be vintage shopping, um, like clothes shopping at little like the stores. And Eugene is gorgeous. And you get like to really know the instructors in a different kind of context. Um, and if mm. you know Shane or Nick, like you know the music's gonna be fire. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Dope, dope, dope. I, I don't have any other events. Do you have any other events? I was gonna go to Gateway. Um, oh, not yeah. going to that anymore. Um, and then stormy weather. Yeah, yeah stormy that's it. weather. I'm really, I'm really stoked for. Um, and then next year, I really want to go to Dragon Swing. What's where's Dragon? Dragon Swing. It's like in Krakow, Poland. Oh, and it's in a salt mine. And if you haven't seen it, like, I've heard of. Okay, YouTube. I've heard of. It this, looks like actually. a 007 like villain's lair. And I was gonna go, <laughs> but like plans had to change. But man, like. I really, I really want to go. So the last question I ask all of my podcast guests is what is the message either of you would like to leave for any swim dancers that are listening today? Go first. I guess I'm going to go first. Um, I think um, that to give your partner space, if it feels like they need to take it, not like to give mm. them space, but like, to let their voice come out in the dance if it feels mm -hmm. like they need it. Um, and that if you're someone that's always letting your voice being super present in the dance, like let yourself be someone who takes a backseat to that sometime. And if you're someone who's always really quiet, use the dance as an opportunity to take center stage and use your voice. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes, love it. Thank you. Thank you, Lou. Chris? Um, I love that answer. Um, mine is a little different. Um, do the thing now. Um, don't wait for you don't have to wait for tomorrow. There's nothing, there's no like type of dancer that you need to become, uh, or like to, there's no goals or like lofty ideals that you need to achieve before you can go be a, a social dancer. Um, mm -hmm. I, sometimes when I'm in practice, um, I'll laugh. It's like we're working towards a thing and I just say to what end you know like we're working at so hard at this and I'm at a social dance and I'm you know having so much fun and I'm like this doesn't have to be oh gosh am I explaining this right like there's no like goal or type of dancer I'm trying to achieve or be or there's nothing that will make me like be happier than I am right now mm -hmm. the I'll be in two years mm -hmm. you know like just being this is good, you know, right? Like right now is good. Mm -hmm. You know, and every moment, good. my friend Kyle, which Andre, I know you liked when he said this, but was like, if you think you're a bad dancer um, or like categorize your, yourself in bad or good, like until you're this imaginary good dancer one day, like what do you do about all those dancer dances that you had when you said you were bad or you think you're bad? Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. you're good now. You're, you're, you're having fun now, like be happy now um yeah and go to that event now <laughs> don't i had a couple of friends that went to swim out and they they were unsure if they were going to go and i was like go now you might not be dancing in a year um well i kind of like i thought if they went they'd 
more likely to continue to dance. So I like wanted to push people to go. But like I've been, you know, in my life, like I've had a lot of different hobbies. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, they've like passions that have really like grew huge and then like went away quickly because of circumstance. And yeah, uh, yeah if I'd say anything like, do the thing now and you're good now. And it's just this. I really want, I think that's the perfect way to end the podcast because there are beginner listeners, or I would say people that are also jazz babies who are getting into swing dancing where they have a limiting thing in their mind saying, I can't go to Camp Hollywood because I'm not good enough, or I can't go to this event or do this thing or even do this competition because I'm not good enough. But so real. I hear so many people say mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But that's why I really like what you said, because as Jazz Babies yourself who like pushed through that, I think it's going to help them knowing that there are other Jazz Babies who had that mentality, pushed through it and are better for it. And I feel like that's a really great message to end on. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> well, with that being said, um, thank you so much everyone who's been listening don't forget to rate us on spotify apple uh, podcasts or wherever you're listening or subscribe to us on youtube and follow us on instagram also don't forget to follow subscribe and like all of jazz baby's podcasts because they have some good shit so i am a huge fan if you listen listen this far on youtube make sure to comment like jazz babies forever <laughs> <laughs> you do listen to my podcast so the ending phrase is jazz babies forever down in the comments i already know that emily's gonna write it um sandy's gonna write it i know that some like really hardcore listeners are gonna write it so i think that is where we're going to end the podcast um lou and chris Thank you both so much for being here and for jumping on. Thanks you for ha- thank, thank you for you. having us. Seriously, this is awesome. Yeah, you guys are dope. I look forward to more episodes from you all. All the links that we mentioned will be down in the description. Don't go anywhere after I end the recording. But to everyone else, thank you so much for laying us your ears, and we will see you on the next episode. Bye. Thank you for listening. The music you are currently hearing is called Dances of the Night by Papa D. You can find all its links down below. Till next time. Don't lose hope, trying to stand tall, trying to give the dance of yours the best that you got cause. Every time that they hear this sound, that music gets the feet above the ground. Time just seems to stop it. Move, move, move. Got to, got to, got to be a dancer.